Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Believe in Tiger Woods on the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one podcast destination. How are we doing? Cam Rogers coming at you for episode number five, just in time for Cinco de Drinco and my mother's birthday. So happy birthday out there to Lori Rogers. Folks, this is a Pro 19 Majors podcast. It is the only show completely dedicated to the GOAT of the PGA Tour. And by the way, you may be wondering why I sound a little different right now. I am literally sitting in a closet because I've been listening to the past episodes and all of that. The audio is a little echoey, so I'm like, all right, problem solver cam coming at you. Let's try the closet route, see how that goes, and because I care so much about the audio quality experience for all of you guys out there, here I am, literally sitting down, cross-legged, in a closet. So, boom. Fun show on tap for all of you guys as we get you set for the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks. Very excited about that. Tiger Woods going for the Grand Slam in 2019. I will absolutely lose my freaking mind if that happens. One step at a time, though. But he's 25% of the way there this year, capturing, of course, the Masters. Hit me up on social media on Twitter at Mr. Rogers 99 on the gram at Mr. Rogers 98. Haley Hunter will join the program later on. She is a broadcaster on the LPGA as well as the PGA Tour. She was just doing some golf analysis for PGA Tour Live at the Zurich Classic. Of course, this week it is the Wells Fargo, which we thought maybe Tiger would commit to. That did not happen. But still, Tiger, well-rested. He'll be good for Beth Page Black. Before we get into the Tiger analysis and Haley's interview and all of that, of course, I encourage you all to go ahead and review the show. Give me five stars, preferably. But if you so happen to choose three stars, two stars, one star, that's, of course, your independent ability. So with that... We got the first written review on the show, and I want to read it out to you guys because I think it's pretty great. Now, I have very good history of dealing with the hashtag haters out there, especially from all of the YouTube commenters from some of my video content. So here is the written review on iTunes. Quote, The show is okay-ish. Not just okay, okay okay-ish. I hate to say it, but this is not really much better than ESPN's Golf Insight. Full stop right there. Not much better than ESPN, the four-letter network, the most prominent sports network in the world. Okay, so I'm on par with ESPN. I kind of feel good about that, actually. Bob Herrig, 
Michael Collins. These guys are solid golf analysts, so I'm not exactly sure what's happening here. Anyway, continuing along with the quote, I think this guy is definitely passionate about what he's talking about. Okay? So far, I like what I'm hearing. However, I don't think he really has much great insight. And then goes on to say some other things about plugging other podcasts and all of that. No laying up podcast, all that good stuff. Great analysts out there, by the way. Great broadcasters. They do a good job. So if you are looking for a completely average podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here for you. All right. If you want okay-ish, if you want middle of the road, if you want 50th percentile, not great, but not awful type of Tiger Woods analysis. You've come to the right place. The Tiger Woods podcast coming at you on the Believe Podcast Network. I love getting this stuff because I don't think people realize that I love to roast myself. Like, it's a daily practice for me. So when people give me material, oh, it's perfect. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I have heard everything in terms of the insults from the internet and YouTube commenters and all of that stuff. Like, this guy totally has never touched a football in his life. The furthest he has probably gotten is, like, playing on JV and playing right bench. You know what I mean? Or something like, oh my god, this guy is totally a virgin. He needs to get laid. Oh, I've heard it all, folks. So, in terms of getting this okay-ish rating... Falls right in line with my narrative, so thank you to that reviewer out there. But if you want to be nice and give me five stars, that'd be great as well. All right, so let's get into the podcast, folks, after all of that. And we're going to start things off with Tiger Woods recently engaging in an interview on Golf TV. By the way, Golf TV, one of the new digital networks out there that has partnered with Tiger Woods, which I think is great. So we're going to get a lot of good insight in terms of Tiger Woods's path here in the 2019 PGA Tour season. So Tiger Woods said in this interview, the most recent one on Golf TV, that it has not sunk in yet. Talking about the Masters victory. For him, it has not sunk in yet. Now, if you have listened to the podcast before, you know I have said Oh my God, like this has not digested at all whatsoever. And I almost feel like I'm trying to like oversell it, but it's true. It's still surreal to me. And I don't feel bad as much either because for Tiger, it has not sunk in yet. So let's play a clip here of Tiger Woods talking about the Masters victory. And does it feel surreal still? It does. It does. It, uh, honestly, it's hard to believe. You know, I was texting one of my good friends last night. Um, after soccer practice that you know, I couldn't believe that I, I won the tournament. It really hasn't sunk in. Because um, I haven't started grinding up for another my next event. Yeah. I haven't started you know, prepping my body. I haven't started doing anything. I've just, you know, just kind of been laying there. And every now and again, you know, I'll look over there on the couch and there's the jacket. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I did pull it off. So that's really cool, authentic stuff from Tiger. This is the kind of interview that we would not get from 2005 Tiger Woods. So for Tiger Woods to go ahead and do this partnership here with Golf TV, 
I like it a lot, and I think we're going to learn a lot more about Tiger from the personal standpoint as we go forward here. So what led Tiger to think he could actually win the Masters? It's a narrative we actually usually hear in terms of playing well at Augusta National, the ability to hit the draw. Now here's Woods talking about that. But what inclination did you have that it would be the week, potentially? I found a swing in which I could start drawing the ball. You know, because I don't have the length that I used to have, I can't hit three wood anymore off some of these tees. Mm. Um, you saw a couple times down 10, I actually hit driver, uh, which I've never done before. I've lost a little bit off my fastball, so I've got to rely on the driver. And so I found something in, in my game where I start feeling comfortable turning it. And I felt comfortable turning the long irons, the three wood, the five wood, the driver. Um, but I, I maintain the ability to hit the slider. And so I'm like, okay, we, we've got something here. So Tiger almost saw a critical sign here as he entered Augusta National, the ability to hit the draw. Now you hear talking heads say it every year, myself included, that's why people like Martin Keimer, known for hitting a fade, really can't perform well at Augusta National, despite the fact that Martin Keimer has two major championships to his resume. That's why people like the lefty cutters out there, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, Mike Weir, they have performed well. They have won multiple Masters before, collectively speaking, because they hit that lefty cut, which is the same thing as a righty draw. So some really interesting stuff there from Tiger Woods. And I did not play this for you guys, but he also said during the interview, he has literally done nothing since the Masters win. Like... He'll look at his jacket across his room as he's relaxing in his home with his kids, whatever, with his girlfriend, and just think about that Masters win. There is no big party, big celebration, anything like that. He's gone to a couple dinners with some close advisors, some close friends, but that's the extent of Tiger Woods celebrating his 2019 Masters, which I think is very much on par no pun intended, with how Tiger Woods' personality really is. And that is low-key, close-knit, and very casual. Tiger was never the glitz and glamour, showman kind of guy. And even in this 2019 version of Tiger, where he is very much more open with the media... He still likes to keep things very tight-knit, close to the vest in terms of celebrations and all of that. All right, so from one interview to another, let's go to Rory McIlroy and his new podcast on Golf Channel with Carson Daly, which I think is actually a pretty cool pairing. I like Carson Daly a lot, kind of a Ryan Seacrest type of figure, and Rory McIlroy is now getting more involved in the media landscape as well. So during the podcast, Rory said that there is, quote, 100% still an intimidation factor with Tiger Woods. So for so long, we've thought that this Tiger intimidation factor completely disappeared. And honestly, for a long time, it was hard to argue against that. 
You guys remember the highlights, for example, years ago, Tiger Woods at the Farmers Insurance Open with those unbelievable yips that he had with his short game? I mean, you just thought that he was a totally different guy and the Tiger Woods intimidation factor was gone. So it begs the question, of course, does everybody else on tour feel that way? Well, just ask Francesco Molinari, who completely collapsed at the Masters, paving the way for Tiger to win the tournament. Just ask Brooks Kepka, who came up short, maybe didn't collapse per se, but he felt the Tiger heat. So I think it's something to kind of keep in mind here as we go forward to Beth Page Black and the U.S. Open and the British Open and the FedEx Cup playoffs and all that stuff. Because Tiger Woods is playing unbelievable golf from a statistical standpoint. Tee to green, around the green, strokes gained total, all of that. And now you throw in this little wrinkle here, which apparently is a thing in that Tiger Woods has that mental intimidation factor back. And we're talking about one of the premier golfers on the planet right now in Rory McIlroy saying, yeah, it's here, 100%. I feel it. Now, Rory has kind of complained before about playing with Tiger Woods and all of that, so it very much is top of mind for him. I'm sure he's just not a fan of it with the crowd and the cell phones and the clicking and all of that stuff, which probably I would get annoyed with too, but when I'm sitting back and saying to myself, I'm playing with Tiger Woods on the PGA Tour, I'm just going to enjoy it, you know what I mean? So just putting a bow on this discussion here. This is big because if Tiger Woods has that kind of swagger back on the golf course, I think it's huge for his confidence level. He'll listen to that quote from Rory and say, well, shit, I'm back. Like, officially back. Now, I said before on the podcast that it's cringeworthy when people out there say that Tiger Woods is back. Only he can say that. Not me, not anyone else in the media, not anyone else who's a Tiger fan, because I just think it's, eh, what does that even mean? I don't get it. What does Tiger back actually mean? Define that for me. But if Tiger Woods says it, we can accept that. I don't know if he'll ever say it, but he could be thinking it, especially in light of the recent quote here from Rory McIlroy. Speaking of Brooks Kepka and speaking of Francesco Molinari, we have the Tiger Woods grouping for the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks at Bethpage Black. It's Tiger, it's Brooks, it's Molinari. Now, this is a tradition here from the PGA. They usually do group together the last three major champions. Now, it makes a little more sense chronologically with the way in which the PGA used to be set up when it was the last major of the season. So you had the Masters winner the U.S. Open winner and the British Open winner all grouped together from that same year. Now, the PGA is second on the schedule, but they're going to stick with this theme here. So Tiger, the Masters winner, of course. You have Brooks Kepka, the winner at Bell Reeve at the PGA Championship. And then you have Francesco Molinari with that unbelievable performance at Carnoustie at the British Open. So they're all together. I like this a lot in terms of Tiger Woods' chances to play well. 
Why is that? Well, first of all, Tiger already has the experience playing with Francesco Molinari in terms of recency, okay? He has that recent experience. And when Francesco tees it up at Bethpage, you know what he's going to be thinking about? Augusta National and what happened on that back nine and collapsing, essentially, giving the green jacket away. Not necessarily to that extent, but it's going to be top of mind for Francesco when he's playing with Tiger. Well, crap, the last time I played with this guy, I kind of screwed it up. I kind of lost the Masters in a way because he was looking really, really solid in the early going of that final round. It is not like Francesco Molinari to collapse. He is one of the more steady players, one of the more steady ball strikers on the PGA Tour. And then he's like, well, Tiger is with me again. This isn't exactly ideal. So that's reason number one. You got Francesco, the recent memories, probably fares well for Tiger. And then you have Brooks Kepka who, again, is another mentally strong player, steady guy, actually one of the more consistent major championship contenders on the PGA Tour. If you go maybe the last three major championships, outside of Tiger, Brooks, one of the more consistent guys, always up there on the leaderboard. But what is Brooks going to think about when he came up short at Augusta and Tiger won? So maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, Cam, you're kind of reaching here. I don't really think there's much to this grouping. I think there is. If Tiger was playing with a couple of no-names, maybe some PGA club members, and many of them will be playing in this tournament, I don't think the grouping would matter as much because you can already rule out PGA professionals, if you will, in terms of actually winning the PGA Championship. But if you can sort of halfway rule out Brooks and Molinari because they're playing with Tiger and they remember Augusta, that's good for Tiger's chances to win at Bethpage. So that's kind of how I see things there. All right, so I want to look ahead here to Tiger's schedule in 2019. And here's what I came up for you guys. Roughly six tournaments left for Tiger Woods in 2019. Okay, so let's start things off with the PGA at Bethpage. Check. That's one. I am going to project Tiger Woods will play the Memorial Tournament at Muirfield Village from May 30th to June 2nd. That is Jack Nicklaus's tournament. He usually does play in it. So that's two. Three, automatically, the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Four, automatically, the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush. Here is where it gets tricky for me. There is a WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational coming up as well. That used to be the WGC Bridgestone, okay, at Firestone Country Club, which Tiger Woods historically has completely dominated. Now that tournament is in Memphis. So... Does Tiger Woods elect to play in this tournament because it is a WGC event, even though it's not at Firestone, or does he pass on it? I am going to say I doubt he plays in that tournament. 
All right. So this actually used to be the FedEx St. Jude Classic, which typically had somewhat weaker fields on the PGA Tour, usually because of its scheduling and kind of being in a rough spot in the schedule during the summer. But now that it has that WGC tag to it, maybe the field will be much better. In fact, I can guarantee you the field will be much better. Whether or not it will have Tiger Woods remains to be seen. I say no. Coming up, let's go to the FedEx Cup playoffs. The Northern Trust at Liberty National in Jersey City. That is August 8th through the 11th. I actually think Tiger Woods skips this tournament. He's going to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's going to make, for sure, the Tour Championship at East Lake. So why would he elect to play in this tournament when he can just skip it and know that he'll be qualified for that next event? So with that said, I say he skips that tournament too. So no WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational and no Northern Trust at Liberty National. So what's next? You've got the BMW Championship at Medina in the Chicago area. That is August 15th through the 18th. I say he plays in that. Probably plays well. And then you have, of course, his title defense, assuming he gets there, which he will, the Tour Championship at East Lake, August 22nd through the 25th. So with this new PGA Tour schedule here in 2019, there is no four-event FedEx Cup playoff. It's three events. So in total, I see six more events for Tiger Woods. Obviously, the three majors. The Memorial Tournament makes it four. BMW at five. And then Tour Championship at six. Maybe you could toss in... The FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Maybe. But I'm going to stick with six as my number there. All right, continuing along here on the Tiger Woods podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Cam Rogers coming at you. Interesting little story came out recently here about Tiger Woods blocking Bubba Watson from texting him. So Bubba Watson was on the Dan Patrick Show pretty recently And I guess Bubba, in recent Ryder Cup events, has been texting Tiger Woods often about random stuff, trying to, quote, build team chemistry. And I'm sure Bubba was somewhat kidding about this. Probably not, though. But he said that Tiger Woods would block his number here and there. Now, as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, Tiger is somewhat of a private guy, not as private as he used to be, per se, especially with the media, but he does have his inner circle. And I can guarantee you, Bubba Watson is not in that inner circle. Bubba Watson is one of the more polarizing figures on the PGA Tour, somewhat like Ian Poulter, but I actually like Ian Poulter. So here I am on the record saying I am just not a big Bubba Watson guy. Never really have been. And I probably never will be. You look back to some of those videos of him yelling at his caddy and blaming the conditions for bad play and all that stuff. Tiger Woods can do that because he's Tiger Woods. But I've never seen him yell at his caddy. 
Bubba Watson cannot do that. He just doesn't have the swag. Like, you button up your shirt all the way. It's a golf shirt, Bubba. What are you doing? Now, Tiger Woods used to do that, and that's okay because he's Tiger Woods. You're Bubba Watson. And so the main takeaway point here is that I am not at all shocked that Tiger has blocked Bubba Watson before in terms of texting. Not shocked at all. Now, Bubba Watson on the golf course in terms of the shot making and his ability, uber talented guy, great story in that he taught himself to play the game, but his personality is just somewhat cringeworthy. Fingers on a chalkboard, ladies and gentlemen. All right, folks, that's the latest surrounding Tiger Woods here on the Tiger Woods podcast. I'm now going to toss it to my interview with Haley Hunter of the LPGA and PGA Tour broadcaster. She was on the golf course while we were doing this interview. I can't think of a better setting for that. Let's go. And joining me now on the Tiger Woods podcast is Haley Hunter, content producer, host at the LPGA, as well as golf analyst at the PGA Tour. Hit her up on Twitter at the Haley Hunter, folks, because she is literally the only Haley Hunter in the United States and across the world. Just one. So it's the Haley Hunter on Twitter and then the Graham Haley Hunter Golf. Haley, you're literally on a golf course right now, which is probably the coolest setting I could ever ask for in a guest. How are we doing? I am. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I mean, I figured if we're going to talk golf, I may as well at least be on a golf course while we talk about it, right? I feel like it's only applicable. And hey, I think this is an applicable question to start things off here because it has yet to really sink in for Tiger Woods talking about the 2019 Masters win. And I want you to just kind of chime in on this. How monumental was it to you when you saw Tiger actually put on that green jacket? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, he does so much for the game, you know, just all the people that go to the tournaments when he's there. And I think that's definitely something that golf needed. When you think about the game of golf, Haley, obviously Tiger Woods moves the needle. He is the guy. He's the center of it all. Can you think of, off the top of your head, an individual who is so important to one sport like Tiger is to golf? You know, I think back in the day, you've got guys like Wayne Gretzky for the NHL that were huge. Um, But besides that, at this time right now, I honestly can't. I mean, Tiger Woods is the guy of golf. And I think that it's definitely great that he's back in golf. And I think a lot of people have been waiting for that. Has it sunk in for you? Because it has yet to really digest for me about Tiger winning the freaking Masters. Like, I'm still looking on Wikipedia to see if it actually is false. But it's not. It's true. It's there. I mean, has it sunk in? Honestly, no. I was studying some stats for PGA Tour Live uh, because I hosted the Derek Classic this past weekend, and I'm going through a bunch of stats of majors and who's won what, and I I go down to 2019 Masters Tiger Woods, and I had to take a double take. Right. Wow, you know, Tiger Woods won the Masters this year, so I would have to say it hasn't sunk in for me either. Let's quickly look ahead here to Beth Page and the PGA Haley, if I may, and let me ask you this. Are you worried about a Tiger Woods letdown, if you will, at that major, or do you think he's going to carry that momentum into Long Island? 
No, I think he's going to carry it. I mean, obviously, it's tough to carry momentum, like winning another tournament after the Masters. That's right. huge. Um, but I definitely think he's got some confidence going into the next few tournaments this year. And, you know, what what more of a, a win can you gain confidence off of? He just won the Masters. So I'm sure that he's going to play well the rest of the tournaments to come. And that's actually an interesting question now that I think about it. Now, you, of course, you play D1 golf at Ohio University. Is there such thing as momentum in golf? Oh, for sure. I mean, you're not going to win unless you have the confidence to know that you can do it. And I think, you know, Tiger winning last year was huge at the end of that season, but winning the Masters is even huger. And so for me, I've gone through slumps in golf where I haven't pulled off the win for a while. I'm constantly T2, T3, T4. And once I finally get that win, I go on a total streak where I just start winning everything. So right. I definitely think it's huge and momentum, I mean, it's definitely a confidence builder. It's going to be an interesting year for Tiger in the major championships. So I'm going to lay down a big time question for you. And if you want to pass on it, you can. Do you think Tiger Woods will surpass Jack Nicholas for major championship wins? Cool. You're it's a heavy on the spot one. There with that question. That's a heavy one. I've, I've done actually a lot of thinking about it. Um, you know, I, I will say that I was, hes I would be more hesitant to answer that question. We were talking before he won the Masters, sure. but seeing how confident he is in his game right now and how far he's come and how consistent he's be beginning to become again, I would have to say, yeah, I definitely think that he could surpass it. All right. So talking about you a little bit here, Haley, you've got an interesting story. So your dad played in the NHL. And from what I understand, according to your website, at least you skated before you walked. So right off the bat, you have more accomplishments than me in 24 years. Let me ask you, what was it like growing up in a hockey kind of family? It was awesome. I mean, honestly, whenever I'm at a rink or anything about hockey comes up, I just feel like I'm at home because I definitely grew up at the rink. I mean, people literally called me the rink rat of all of the ice rinks around where I lived. So, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely did skate before I ever learned to walk. My brother would be walking in all these videos that we just watched when we were at home, we were kids, and I would be like stumbling to try and stand up, but for whatever reason, I could skate. So um, that's just kind of how I was brought up. Any big time hot takes on the Stanley Cup playoffs so far, now that we're on the subject? Well, both of my teams were kicked out mm. right when we started. Lightning, because you know I lived in Tampa for a while, and if you live in if you live in Tampa, they just kind of make you a Lightning fan. Their marketing there is huge. Uh, and then Pittsburgh was knocked out. So um, I honestly don't really have a comment on that. I'd like to watch some good hockey, and uh, whoever wins wins. Are you okay? Like, do we need to go through some sort of therapy session there with what happened with the <laughs> Lightning? Like, oh my God. Oh, you know, they didn't face any adversity all year. And right. then they get to the playoffs and it's almost like they burnt themselves out. You know, they forgot how to, to skate when they need to. So I definitely think that not facing any adversity all year, they got a little overconfident and didn't play up to what the other teams had in store for them. Team, I should say, not player, sure. Let's go back. Let's go back here to your time at Ohio University, Haley, playing D1 golf incredible scoring average your senior year tossed up the tweet of the comparison there between my varsity golf days in high school in Nashville, <laughs> New Hampshire, that. which were starkly higher than your averages. So let me ask you just from a sense of competition, because I kind of feel this way 
where I sometimes miss being in the heat of competition, matches, et cetera. Do you miss that kind of atmosphere? Yeah, I miss it so much. And that's why I like to, when I come out on the golf course, it's really hard for me just to play for fun because I've always played competitively. So even if it's a for fun competitive round, you know what I mean? I like to have some different games going on out there. I'm actually playing a game right now. Um, Are you winning? Wish me luck in a few holes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, got a few more holes to go. But yeah, I mean, I definitely miss it. Uh, I will say when I'm at events, I'm covering them and it's getting down to the wire it makes me miss it even more because I know how much fun those guys are having out there competing once it gets down to the wire on the 18th green. What kind of player are you, Haley? Are you a short game wizard, ball striker, power hitter? I'm kind of curious now. Uh, growing up, I never really hit the ball very far. Um, I'm not the biggest girl. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely smaller um, compared to some of the other girls out there. And so I had to rely on my short game. And so I, I knew that. So I would go out and just practice short game for hours every day, especially in the summertime growing up in Michigan. And, um, but then I started getting my impact going and I started hitting the ball just as far. So I would say more of a short game player, um, mm -hmm. but as I developed throughout my golf career, kind of more well-rounded. And of course, sports, big part of your life. And, it's interesting because you look at your history here, playing D1 golf, incredible scoring, all that stuff. And then, you know, you make that transition to on air and being a reporter. When did that actually dawn on you that you wanted to become an analyst on air, et cetera? So that was honestly always my dream. I went to Ohio University for one reason. And that, I mean, obviously I wanted to play college golf, but I had some other teams that I was looking at. And I went there because they're one of the top sports journalism schools in the country. And so that was always my end goal. I had an internship with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Storm, um, my summer before my senior year of college. And I didn't even practice or play that summer because I was set on sports broadcasting. Um, but I just so happened to not practice all summer, went and played my first senior year tournament and shot 66. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should rethink things. We're on to something here. To go and try to get my LPGA card after that. Um, but when I went to qualifying school, I kind of realized that playing for money and struggling to have enough money to pay to try and make it on tour, it made me realize that golf wasn't really fun for me anymore. And mm. so that's when I decided to go back to my other passion, which is sports broadcasting. I can still be within sports and within the golf world, but not necessarily playing it on a professional level. So you're in the sunshine state now. Obviously, you had to do some sort of move from Ohio. So what was that like? Were you in a car for like 27 hours moving your life away? I am so weird. I could drive forever. Um, I literally was looking forward to it. My dad oh, always asked God. me, you know, do you want me to fly down and help you with the drive? And I'm just so stubborn. I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I'm super competitive and stubborn. I just want to prove that I can do it. So um, I just blast my music. I love driving. I get a lot of thinking done in the car. And I drove, let's see, 21 hours down to Tampa, Florida. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I had to do the 27-hour drive from Dallas to New Hampshire, which was not exactly fun. It, but you have the right idea. You have the right <laughs> attitude about it. So power to you. So in terms of a cool kind of campaign that you got going on here at the LPGA, Haley, you have the Invite Her campaign. Tell the people listening what all that is about. 
Yeah, you know, I think women's golf's definitely growing a lot right now, and there's a need for it. And it's just centered around getting more women in the game. And I think that golf is definitely a very intimidating sport. Uh, other sports, you know, basketball, for example, you get a basketball and you start dribbling and shooting around. But with golf, there's so much to know before you go to the course. Right. And I think that by inviting women and making them feel comfortable and like they belong in what's predominantly been a men's space is so important. So getting that message out there that women are invited, that they do belong in the golf space is really what we're trying to do here. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because for the longest time, I've always thought that golf in general, male, female, is kind of going downhill in terms of participation, but who knows what the numbers these days and whatever. What is your thought on that? Do you think golf is growing? Do you think it's stagnant? Do you think it's declining? I think golf's definitely growing. And I think that by opening fun and more modern ways like top golf to bring people who normally wouldn't play the game into the game is how we keep growing it. And I think that's huge. So I would say overall it's growing and I forget what the stat is, but particularly for women, it's growing overall. Yeah. All right. So looking at this resume here, Haley, sort of cherry picking here, but you got a minor in acting. So should I expect to see you on the red carpet, on the amazing race, Game of Thrones, somewhere on the small screen, big screen? I mean, I would hope so. I actually just did um, ABC with Steph Curry as the main, his production company is the main producer of this new show called Holy Moly. And it's a mini golf show, a competitive mini golf show. And that will be airing June 20th. And you can actually look for me on that show because Perfect. I will be competing in it. Now, during our email correspondence here, you broke my heart and told me that you don't watch Game of Thrones, which is absolutely stunning to me. Now, uniquely because three months ago, I was just like you. So I got on board real late. Are you going to watch it at some point or what? I don't know. And honestly, every time someone brings it up, I get a little bit frustrated because I feel like I'm missing out, but also I'm so many seasons behind. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what to do here. And all my friends have watch parties on Sunday, right? But I just, I don't know. I feel like it's a lost cause at this point. I might check an episode out. You know what? My thought process is if you start it now, you're going to have to completely go off the grid and like stay off the internet and in the sports media world, that's like impossible. So you're going to see spoilers. So it depends on how you feel about all of that. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm just going to get so hooked on it that it might take me away from some things I should be doing, uh, like studying golf, but I, uh, I might give it a try. So what's coming up in terms of content here for Haley Hunter, hosting, digital stuff, all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I have some time where I'm not traveling too much right now, which is nice because I've been traveling a lot. Um, had the Kia Classic. I just went to the Augusta Women's Amateur Nice. at Augusta this year. Um, finally have a chance for about a month and a half here to be in Orlando, where I live. But then I have to go to the KPMG PJ Championship, uh, which is in Minnesota this year. And then after that, Dow is hosting their very first LPGA event in Midland, Michigan, where I'll get to see my family. Awesome. So that's a full schedule right there. By the way, what is your handicap? Well, I was a scratch for a long time, but I would say because I don't get an opportunity to practice anymore, I'm probably about a two now. Wow. Damn. <laughs> okay. That's uh, pretty damn solid. All right. So Haley, I ask this question to all of the guests on the show. And maybe you've actually interviewed Tiger before. Have you interviewed Tiger before? I've not. I've been close to watching a few interviews of him, but I hope to. That's definitely a bucket list goal for me. 
Okay, so perfect. This question does apply. So you run into Tiger Woods at a bar. He's alone. You sit next to him. You have one question to ask him. What would it be? Hmm, that's a really tough question. Um, hmm. I would like to ask him how he plans on beating Jack Nicholas's record. See what he says. There you go. Then you can do a little yeah. story on it. Yeah, what's his, what's his strategy there? <laughs> there you go. I love it. All right, folks. Haley Hunter joining the Tiger Woods podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Haley, hit it straight. Beat whoever you're playing with and appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Yeah, pray for me, guys. I'm going to try my best to keep it in the fairway. Thanks so much again to Haley Hunter for coming on the podcast. That's going to do it for me, ladies and gentlemen. Cam Rogers signing off. Be sure to tell your friends about this show. We want to generate as much excitement as we possibly can. And check out Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V, for all of the different shows that we have on the network. All right, so that's going to do it for me. I'm getting out of this closet because I'm starting to sweat and my antiperspirant deodorant is failing. So Cam Rogers, signing off. Go Tiger. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.